holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. For it will be like man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with, with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was mine own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The gospel of the Lord. Well, it's great to be with you today. The title of my message is Live Boldly. And if you would, please bow your heads with me as I share one more brief word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to begin today with a question. How has this week been for you? How's this week been for you? For our own Tiffany Blauert, our director of operations, it has been a very rough week, a tough week. You see, last Sunday, we noticed that Tiffany was moving a little funny, and when asked about it, she said that she had done something with her hip. Her hip was just a little off. Well, then fast forward to Monday, she could barely move, and I said, what happened? Is it your hip? And she goes, well, you know, it started with my hip, but then after church, I went to get in my car, and someone, not to name names, but Pastor Cody just came and banged on my windows and I jumped 
and threw my back out. And so thanks, Pastor Cody, for your support. Um, I think it's safe to say this week, Tiffany has been crippled with fear. Her back has gone out. But might that be true of where you find yourself today? Crippled with fear. It's been a tough week, a rough week, and I, I just happened to pull some images from across the internet to describe or capture our week. This one comes from a website known as Mashable, and it says, coronavirus officially a global pandemic. Of course, we all know this, but what does this mean for us? Well, I'm sure you've already heard that there's a shortage of toilet paper. I don't know why that is. Maybe someone can explain that to me. This is from a Forbes article. This isn't even in the United States. This is a picture from Australia. Apparently, they love their teepee like us. And then, of course, uh, this last week, we entered into what's known as a bear market. And this is from the New York Times. This is the image they put up on their website and in their paper, an image of a bear with people fleeing. And then I think things got real in my house because I think it was Thursday, all of a sudden they stopped the, the beginning of a basketball game. And before you know it, the NBA season was canceled. And here's a picture from USA Today of uh, a player named Gobert who tested positive for the coronavirus. And what was amazing about this moment is the NBA, it, it kind of shut down immediately. And I actually took a screenshot of a billionaire owner, Mark Cuban, getting the text message that the NBA season, he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, that it would be shut down. And he's just astonished. So the question is, how are we to live in times such as these? We're looking this morning at Matthew chapter 25, and I believe the big idea for us, the big takeaway is this. Trusting in Jesus, we're to live boldly knowing he is Lord of all. Trusting in Jesus, we are to live boldly, knowing he is Lord of all. So let's unpack this truth this morning. Point one, Jesus is Lord of all, and that's a beautiful thing. Our passage begins, for it, the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So what is happening in the context here of our passage, Matthew 25? Well, if you look back at chapter Matthew 24, the disciples asked Jesus, what is your kingdom going to be like? And this is one of those famous sermons of Jesus that he issues. He, he shares several stories, and he, he shares this story called the parable of the talents 
I believe, to reveal his identity in his heart. First, his identity. We read that there's a man, an owner, what will be known as a master that entrusts his property to servants, so he goes on a trip, and he knows his affairs will be cared for. And this word master, to describe Jesus, is used nine times in our passage. So anytime there's repetition in any book, let alone the Bible, take note. Where do we get this word master here in Matthew 25? Well, it actually comes from a Greek word that you pronounce kurios. At least that's by my best attempt. Kurios. And it actually is the word used for Yahweh in the whole Old Testament in the Greek translation, the Septuagint. So it's Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And elsewhere in the New Testament, this word is translated Lord. So we can look at this, we can read this, and it's like the Lord did this, the Lord did this, he accounted for this. And specifically, this word master or Lord, here's what it means. It is one who has absolute sovereign reign, sovereign rule. It's used over 700 times in the New Testament, almost always referring to Jesus. So who is Jesus? He is saying, who am I? I am the Lord of all. Make no mistake about it. That's who he is. What about his heart? Well, the story goes on. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. And if you're like me, or I think like many Christians, when you read this word talent, it may be vague for you, but it was not vague at all for the early church, for the followers of Jesus. Its meaning would have been crystal clear. In our system of finances, the lowest common denominator for currency is like a penny, and I believe the highest is $100. In that day and age, the lowest common denominator for currency was a denarius, and that would be paid in one day's wages, or at least that's maybe not the lowest, but one of the lowest forms of currency. One of the highest would be a talent, which is being referred to here. Um, it would take 6,000 denarii to equal one talent. Historians tell us it would, uh, it would basically entail 20 years or so of someone's wages. Looking at some commentaries to figure out uh, where this would land for inflation, I've got some numbers from 2010, one's from D.A. Carson, another from another theologian, this one talent in today's currency would be between $300,000 and $800,000. So just imagine what Jesus is saying here, Molly, what he's saying here, Taylor, what he's saying here, friends, is to one, I give, on a conservative side, $1.5 million. Would you look after that for me? Would you steward that for me? To another, he's, he gives $600,000. To another, $300,000. What are we to make of this? Well, here's what we're to make of this. As Lord of all, he's saying, I am generous beyond all measure. 
to all. This reminds me of my first job out of college in Chicago. Some of you know I was an investment banker. I was a municipal bonds trader, and I had the joy of working in this big building, which was known as the Sears Tower. It's now known as the Willis Tower. I was on a trading floor, and one of the principals or partners of this company just took a liking to me. And so he would often invite me up to the 66th and 67th floors to what's known as the Metropolitan Club. And I have a picture of the Metropolitan Club here if you look at the screens. Now, I grew up in a little town. We did not have skyscrapers in Lake Wills, Florida. But here, just even sitting down, let alone eating with this view, it was magnificent. It was astonishing. And for lunch, they would serve sushi and crab legs, all-you-can-eat buffet style. And I would, just, I would just fill my belly, right? Who wouldn't? Especially if, if Beulahville, Lake Wills, Florida, take advantage. And, and Gary Griffin of GKST, the, the, the partner that invited me up there, he, he would just sit there and just smile and take joy in the blessing he, was giving, he would give to me. It was so magnificent. We read these words about Jesus and his sovereignty and really his radiance from Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Point number one, Jesus is Lord of all. And that's a beautiful thing. Point number two, we are to live boldly trusting in Jesus. As we look at this passage, I can't help but think of another passage that has similar language. This is from Matthew chapter 8. There arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep, meaning Jesus, and they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, Master, Kurios! We are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. You see, he's not just in the highs, he's there in the lows with them and with us. And let's be honest, not one of us likes dark times, do we? I mean, this, this passage of Jesus calming the waves and the winds, it reminds me of the darkness. I can put my kids to sleep. I can be right next to them in the bed. But if I turn out the lights, they get scared to death. But I'm still there in their presence. You see, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the storm, Jesus is close, not far, not far from each one of us. In point under this point too, one of the first things we can take away is this. We are to live boldly, trusting in Jesus through our fears. 
Next thing we can take away is we are to live boldly, trusting in Jesus with our finances. Our passage in Matthew 25 goes on to read, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. You see, faith not only cries out in the darkness, faith works hard in the light of day. Have you ever considered that you were called to work for a purpose much greater than your own? I'd like to read a story from a pastor uh, from England, and it goes like this. It's always very difficult knowing how to explain what I do when people ask me. I'm a canon in the Church of England. But if I say that, people don't know what I'm talking about. So I try to be a little bit creative. I was sitting next to a lady in an airplane at Heathrow Airport, and I said, hello. And she said, hello. And then she asked me where I was going, and uh, I said, Australia. I asked where she's going. She said, Singapore. And then I said, what do you do? And she told me. And then she said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I work for a global enterprise. She said, do you? And I said, yes, I do. We've got an outlet in every country in the whole world. I said, we've got hospitals, hospices, homeless shelters. We do justice work, reconciliation work. We've got orphanages, marriage and guidance counseling. Basically, we look after people from birth to death. And we deal in the area of behavioral alteration. And she said, wow! And everyone even turned around to look at us. And then she said, well, what's it called? And I said, it's called the church. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you are part of a global enterprise. And not only is it global, but it is intergalactic because it includes everyone who's gone before us. I mean, that is an amazing thought. In the words of the missionary Hudson Taylor, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help him to do his work through me. You see, when Jesus is Lord of all, such will be demonstrated through our work in our finances. Our passage continues. Master, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. According to theologian Douglas Sean O'Donnell about this passage, money matters to Jesus. And it is the master's money, quite plainly, we are dealing with here. To our Lord, the link between a heart check and a checkbook is a short, straight line. This last week has been tough 
with some of our finances, has it not? And yet something really unique happened in our church on Thursday. The Dow Jones dropped, I think, the biggest drop it experienced since 1987. It dropped 2,350 points. And yet as it dropped, I want you to know that we received the biggest gift, financial gift to our church in the month of March on that day. Someone said, I'm not going to serve my finances. I'm going to let my finances serve my God and what he's doing through one fellowship. If that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. You see, we are to live boldly trusting in Jesus with our finances, not just through our fears. And we're to live boldly trusting in Jesus with our very future. You see, sometimes it's hard to be faithful when you don't know what the future holds, right? And that's actually true even in our passage. You know, sometimes we are experiencing darkness. We have a storm. We have a swell up around us. And we don't know what to make of it, right? And so we think we're in a sinking ship. Here in our passage, there's distance. Sometimes we think God is distant from us. Here Jesus says there can and will be distance at times. But you can still have faith in me and steward the resources I put before you. And then some of us have just become calloused or bruised through disappointment. A lost love, a lost relationship, a lost job. Where do you find yourself today? Our passage goes on. Jesus says these words to the faithful stewards. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Some theologians think this word joy equates to the word feast. Now, what if we weren't crippled with fear? What if we were confident in our future because of Jesus? What if we knew that through the darkness, the distance, the disappointment, there was a feast awaiting us as we trust in him? You see, as we trust Jesus in all of our life, he waits to extend all of his joy. Do you trust in Jesus and do you await his joy this very day, this very hour? You see, we are to live boldly trusting in Jesus with our future. And to conclude, I just would like to say today we all have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to examine our lives and where we place our trust. Some of us are fearful, fearful right here in this moment. The waves are lapping over the sides of our boat in some way, shape, or form. My encouragement is cry out to Jesus. Over and over and over again, he proves to not be far. He proves to be near. And he wants to give you his peace. Some of us have the opportunity, I'd say all of our regulars in one fellowship have the opportunity to live boldly with their finances right here, right now. 
You know, um, I'm not sure it's the best moment to launch a capital campaign during a global pandemic, but here we are. And I love the words one of our elders shared with me this week. He said, look, if, if we needed and were called to build a building just a few months ago, God knows we need a building now and into our future. Amen? Maybe God is testing us to see if we will be faithful with our finances even right here and right now. The other opportunity is we can look ahead at our future and not be crippled, but walk and pray and talk and serve and love with confidence, knowing that Jesus is coming back, knowing that as we trust in him with all of our life, he waits to extend all of his joy to us. So the big idea is this. Trust in Jesus and live boldly. For he is the Lord, the master, the kurios of all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, what an invitational word for us today. God, where there is fear in our hearts or in our homes, would you bring your peace? God, where there's uncertainty with our finances, may we be faithful with the little you give us. And God, may we look to you and trust you as individuals and as a church with our future, with our families in our future, with our longings in our future. We know that you love us and that you promise us joy as we trust in you, for you are Lord of all. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.